Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. We are powered by Synergy IQ. Our mission is to help leaders create world-class businesses where people are safe, valued, inspired, and fulfilled. We can only do this with our amazing community. So thank you for listening. Hey there, Synergizers, and welcome back to another episode of the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, and today we have Jindo Lee, CEO and founder of Happy Co. on the show. So this was a really fun and enlightening episode and one that I believe all aspiring entrepreneurs and leaders should listen to. So Jindo walked into the podcast wearing shorts and it was all upwards from there. He's such an unassuming person who has achieved so much and he puts it down to just being willing to have a go and doing what you say you're going to do. I really love that Jindo shows us that success can come from being vulnerable and not being afraid to have a go and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. He talks about how every time at Happy Co, he gets a new client or a new team member that it's actually a milestone for him in the sense that he's now actually managing a bigger company and he's literally figuring it out as he goes along. For some context, Jindo is the CEO and co-founder of Happy Co, a software company that builds mobile and cloud solutions to enable real-time property operations. And recent valuations have the company valued in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Prior to his current role, Jindo also founded and exited from two previous tech companies, one of them being Mighty Kingdom, an Adelaide company that builds some really amazing games. Jindo spent most of his adult life growing up in Australia and graduated from the University of South Australia with a Bachelor of Visual Communications. After that, he worked at Midway Games, where he led the user interface team to work on classic titles such as Mortal Kombat, Gauntlet, and Dukes of Hazard. Besides his love for technology, Jindo is also an avid real estate investor, an ex-semi-pro soccer player, and speaks five languages. Jindo and I went down many rabbit holes in this conversation, but some of the topics we explored were how he recently, during a recent seed funding, Happyco raised $72 million. He shared his thought process on how to attract investors and how to attract funding. The ups and downs of growing and scaling a business, dealing with knockbacks, the uncertainty and all the ambiguity of being an entrepreneur. We spoke a lot about the importance of creating a culture where people want to work and how recruiting of people who share the same core values and behaviors as you really shapes the culture of the business and leads to less staff turnover. We touched on time versus energy allocation meaning how things you love don't suck up the energy in the way things that you don't like. We also talked about how and why he decided to scale outside of Australia into the US and what the future holds for Happy Co and much, much more. I know you're absolutely going to love this episode and if you'd like to learn more about some of the other amazing leaders that we've had on the Creating Synergy podcast, then be sure to jump on our website at synergyiq.com.au or check us out at Creating Synergy podcast on all the podcast outlets. Cheers. Welcome back to the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, your host, and today we have the one and only Jindo Lee on the show. Thanks for, for joining us. Thank you. I am uh, excited. 
Excellent. I got the name right. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you were looking at me, give me the eye. Did I get it? I'm like, yeah, you got it right. Yeah. So I, I, I noticed on your LinkedIn actually, you've got it. Uh, you actually have the voice um, activated thing where you, people can listen to, yeah, and you've yeah, kind yeah. of like it's gin, like gin that you drink and dough, <laughs> like play doh. Yeah, because everyone gets it wrong. And because yeah. um, what I, do they say? Gin dao. Gin dao. I get gin do. Gin dao. Like growing up in Australia in the 80s, <laughs> you just learned to. Answer to anything. <laughs> just, just acknowledge me. Yeah. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be fine. I, I grew up in Darwin, so yeah, oh, did you? Like, yeah, yeah, so it was a very uh, yeah, different time. Born in Darwin? Or? No, I was born in Singapore. Okay, and then I moved there when I was two. Yeah, in Darwin. Okay. Yeah. So lived in Australia majority of your life. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And now recently in the US. Yeah. For the last ten years, I've been in the US. Brilliant. So let's talk about your journey and where you've come from. We obviously CEO at the moment and founder of Happy Co, which is doing yep. some wonderful things. You've had articles in the Fin Review and at left, right, and center about some capital raises, and we'll get into that in a sec. But cool. tell us a little about your journey. Uh, I'm um, particularly interested in you went your midway games as well. I'm a um, massive Mortal Kombat fan. So okay. let's can we yeah listen? Break. Yeah. So. Um, so the background is I, I actually studied graphic design at, at uni, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't even like I didn't even know what I wanted to do. So in uh, in high school, I remember taking a design class, and and we were using Photoshop, and I'm like, oh, this is really fun. And then someone said, oh, there's actually a, a course or a degree you can do at, oh, wow. at uni. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really good. So I looked at the TER score, uh, the entrance score, and it was um, 55 to get yeah. in. So quite low. Really low. But, and the crazy part was I, I did a, bu- a bunch of year 11 subjects. Yeah. Um, so year 12 subjects when I was in year 11. And the two or three subjects I did already got me to 55. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't have to work that hard. Yeah, so the, 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 Asian in me, yeah, the Asian in me was like, work hard, work hard. The other one, the Australian's like, ah, take it easy, you're fine. <laughs> which yeah, one, so, which, which um, side won? Uh, the Aussie side. Yeah, there you go. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. No, so I um, studied graphic design um, at Uni, Uni SA, yeah. University of South Australia. Um, graduated and essentially like in in the course it's very much design focused so like your logo branding yeah um, I was really excited to work on digital stuff so anything that had to do with like websites um, you know this is like 2019 1999 so can we just yeah. go back a step Did yeah. you, so you came to Adelaide then from from, from Darwin from Darwin yeah, yeah. to do uni or, yes yeah, to do okay. uni yeah, yeah. And, and in before Darwin I you know grew up in uh, Born in Singapore, grew up in, in Darwin for uh, I was there for like maybe seven eight years. Yeah. Moved back to moved back to Singapore when okay. I was eight, and then back to Australia when I was fifteen. Okay, well in, there you go, Darwin. Yeah, yeah. and then um, and then Adelaide to do the uni course. Yeah, yeah to the uni course. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, definitely well travelled. It's a very polarizing uh, Darwin being a small town. I remember when we got there, I think the airport was a like a dirt. Dust. I, I think so maybe yeah. I've, I've watched God Must Be Crazy or something and I just yeah that must be it so I think it is uh, don't quote me on it I'm sure some, it's one of the best movies oh, the gods must be my crazy. parents loved it because yeah. there wasn't a lot of dialogue yeah. and they just they said oh that's funny so, anyway, people yeah, getting yeah. hit, hit in the head bottle. Yeah, that's it. very Darwin <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so uh, moved to Adelaide when I was about 17 um, studied design Graduated with first class honors, top of my class. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to you know, crush the world. Then I started working in design and hated it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was just my first job was working for a local design company, a web design company. Uh, yeah. You're looking at me like, yeah. don't say the no, name, but say, yeah, no. um, horrible time. Yeah. Like just, and I quickly learned how to um, 
how to not manage people. Mm. Okay. <laughs> right? Like and, yes, and, yeah, that's quite an important lesson. It is, and how not to treat people. I how not say. to treat people is yeah. probably more the, yeah. the yeah. thing. And and you know, first first year working, you you, you sort of think, wow, is this the rest of my life working mm. for this? Um, this but problem. but I but I actually learned a lot of good skills, and then I ended up working. The uh, next job was at uh, Ratbag Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ratbag Games was an Adelaide success story. Greg Siegel ran that, um, and we got to work on amazing, you know, cool video games. Um, part of that, I actually got got sent to. The U.S. to work at Midway Games, yeah. uh, who acquired us, and Midway built Mortal Kombat, yeah. Gauntlet Legends, uh, Blitz the League, Ballers, and I got to work on those titles. So that's that was really amazing. fun. Like yeah. Mortal Kombat, quite literally, my, one of my it, all-time childhood favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 the new, have you seen the, the new version? No, it's like, not, we're, we're yeah. geeking out here, but the new version is brutal. Like it, it's disgusting. It's, yeah, almost. it's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have cool graphics. Back yeah. In, I'm sure they tried to do that with yeah. you know for like. Back in the day. Bad, bad yeah. graphics. But um, yeah, so I enjoyed working. So I was actually running the UI team, building um, pipeline for technology, building processes. Um, but what really struck me was my first day at Ratbag, I remember um, my manager, a guy called Dan Thorslin, who's still in Adelaide. Um, he, you know, I, I did this, I took a bunch of image files and color corrected them using an automated script, right? Yeah. So I pressed the button and it was changing all these images, made them the right color. And then I said, hey, I finished my my task. And Dan walks around and goes, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, far out. This guy's really energetic. <laughs> um, but what what it really taught me, what, what it really taught me was like, again, how to treat people. And yeah. so in my first business, it was a you know, successful company, got treated pretty poorly. And day one in this new company, I just felt, oh my God, like I just felt I wanted to work longer hours, yeah. you know, just so yeah, that that had a really yeah. big impact on me. Well, you, you yeah. can, were congratulated on some wins, really. Yeah, just and nothing. It's like yeah. literally pressing a button. And, yeah. And anyway, just I just felt like, wow, you know, there is some good yeah. in this world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. 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 So, Do you ever catch up with that? What, what was his name? Sorry. Uh, Dan Thorsland. Dan Thorsland. Yeah. So he's still around. Yeah. Um, uh, he had a bit of a stint at Mighty Kingdom. Okay. And um, um, yeah, yeah, we did a bit of. Uh, you know, yes, I started Mighty Kingdom with Phil. Oh, did um, you? Phil Mays back in the days. Yeah. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, so the, the world kind Phil, of... Phil, I've had a chat with him recently, not on the podcast. He's been on the podcast, but like in a special episode where we right. chatted to him for like three minutes or something yeah, like he, that. Yeah, so he's a special person. He, yeah, he's a good man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so um, Dan worked at Mighty Kingdom for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, you know, I haven't caught up with him recently, but yeah, yeah. great guy. Excellent. Yeah. And then, so from, from there? Oh, yeah. So finished off at Midway, came back. To Australia, and essentially, I was like, I didn't know what I really quite wanted to do, but I started a web. Uh, and I worked for another web design company, um, Catalyst Web Design. So I did a bunch of years there. So, so why'd you decide to come back to Australia? Wouldn't there have been more opportunity over there? Yeah, I I didn't really want to work in games anymore because yeah. um, when you when you figure out how the sausage is made, yeah. you're like, oh, that's not really cool. Like, yeah, yeah, and working in games. There's just a lot of crunch, um, crunch time. So meaning like you have like 60, 70 hour week, weeks yeah. when it comes to the end. Uh, and I just thought that was just. I uh, I saw an article this morning actually. It's funny that we're talking about games. It was that the industry itself has quadrupled that of the box office. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think the turnover for 2021 for games was $150 billion compared wow. to $39 billion for 
the box office, it's right? Insane. So, yeah, yeah, it's r- ridiculous. I should have stayed in games. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I should well, stay. Well, who, who knows? You said games weren't for you. Well, <laughs> well, someone is there for smarter people. Right? No, I, I, I think I just had enough. I, um, no, I just realized my passions weren't there. Oh. All right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. It wasn't to say you've made yeah, a bad yeah, decision. Yeah. You've obviously done very well for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, so finished up on 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 games. I just thought I'm gonna come back and um, I really enjoyed just digi- anything that was digital. So I came back, worked um, at Catalyst for a bunch of years, um, and then I had a friend that just said, "Hey, um, you know, I want you to help me build a website." He was in Singapore, and he's like, "I don't have a huge budget." I'm like, oh, "I can you know build it for you at night after I finish work." And so he gave me the budget and it was basically that one project was what I was getting paid a whole year. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I was like, that's your low budget? Yeah. And you know, so I think that's, it was eye-opening from that perspective. So I remember like saying, hey, um, Jeffrey Callis, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit and do my own thing. Um, and my thought was if I just did this one project and it, it was going to take me two months, then I'll be fine for the, the, the another 10 months of the year. The rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. And so what ended up happening was like I just found more and more work through yeah. after that project and started a web design agency after that. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so, well done. Yeah. And then um, from the web design, How did you grow that into employees or? Yeah. So we had about um, 20, 20 staff mm-hmm. uh, and that, that team was predominantly in uh, Pakistan and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, majority Pakistan uh, and we had a bunch of freelance d- designers locally because we couldn't find good designers overseas yeah. um, so we got about 20 people we did a lot of work for you know EFM uh, the fit health clubs yeah. um, C-Link we did some work for C-Link yeah. and so it was it was fine but then I started to see that um, web design was becoming a commodity so you know like Squarespace and Wix weren't quite there yet, but yeah. they were starting to come up these like DIY solutions. Yeah. Plug and play sort Plug of and play. Yeah, and then like WordPress sites. And I just thought... So you didn't go down that track? Um, we started to and I was like, oh, this is really... It was just a bit boring. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just got Wasn't a bit bored. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I sold the business um, and then just started buying real estate essentially. Yeah, my uh, sold it. I wasn't doing much. And my dad's like, hey, why are you at home all the time? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Go buy real estate. Like, okay, <laughs> awesome. That's a yeah. good idea. So we started. I started buying property like Adelaide and doing subdivisions, um, renovations, flips, and all that. Uh, completely I, different. Completely industry. different. I really loved it. Mm. It was so much fun. It like, is because you get to see what you're building. Yeah, yeah. Bricks and mortar. And Bricks and mortar. Yeah. I, 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 my background's in the construction industry, and oh. I've done a bit of property investing as well. Yeah. I've always been one of those, but I don't know how European this is, but when you drive past something, right, and you yeah. go, oh, yeah, I built that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that, it, it is that joy, right? Yeah. Like you, you actually have a per- or semi-permanent structure yeah. that you can go, oh, I created value and, you know, like doing a subdivision <coughs> and now two families live there instead of one. Yeah. Um, you know, taking like an old, tired you know, house and making it look fresh. You're like, oh, that's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So I enjoyed that a lot. Um, so from, from that, I started um, – buying properties in the u.s okay <laughs> investing in 2000 this is 2010 so i started buying in cleveland and memphis tennessee cleveland ohio brilliant so yeah uh, okay so the question <laughs> is if you live in australia you typically typically yeah. and i'm really gonna uh <laughs> pigeonhole australians in in this scenario typically bounded by the the, the boundaries of australia what made you look out like obviously even yeah, with your yeah. previous business you looked at pakistan and and you looked at other ways to incorporate 
what is where does that come from? Is it the no simple idea. fact that you've moved around a fair well, bit? And so I, I can answer the the business. The, the business, how I outsourced it. So what happened was I actually had a, my first employee in that business was a local Adelaide web developer. Mm -hmm. And we had this um, deadline on, I think it was Friday, you know, 5 p.m. this deadline, we needed to hit. And at three o'clock he gets up and he goes, oh, I've got to go home. I'm like, where are you going? Beer o'clock. <laughs> just like, how do you leave at 3.30? This is not even like normal human behavior. And so um, he left and I was like, shit, how do I, sorry, how do I get this work That's done? Yeah, shit, how do I get this work done? <laughs> and um, uh, I just outsourced it on, I think it was Odesk or something. Okay. One of those um, outsourced yeah, yeah. marketplaces. What year was this? This is 2000 and I want to say like Seven, okay. six or so seven. Relatively yeah. early in really that space. Early, Not yeah. when the five R's and all that are. No, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. So, so we outsourced it. Um, we found this guy in, in Vietnam. He finished a job for like literally 10 bucks, yeah. right? And, and he was like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm so happy that you, you gave me this opportunity. And I'm like, wow, there's this guy here who got yeah. 10 bucks and he's thanking me for like, for me like trying to, it's almost like I saved his life and this other guy, <laughs> beer clock. Yeah. And so I thought maybe I should just do that. And I, you just have more fun working with people that are appreciative. And mm. so that, that's, that's that became that the model. Yeah, that became the model. So I just started finding uh, other people online and, and eventually one guy was in Pakistan and I said, hey, do you know any friends? He goes, oh, three other friends that can help and that sort of grew to like a studio. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Yeah, and the, the great part about that is I didn't think I was paying him a lot of money. I hope he doesn't listen to this. But, <laughs> but um, after three or four years, he actually said, oh, thank you so much. I'm getting married. I just bought a new house, my family, a new car. And I'm like, I should move to Pakistan. I'm poor, yeah. I'm poor in Adelaide. I'll be <laughs> yeah. rich there. But um, but that that was like a really defining moment as well um, in my career where I'm like, wow, what I'm doing actually has an impact on like giving someone else opportunity. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, was, I was excited. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole reason. We Not the whole reason, but it's a big part of the reason why running your own business is exciting is, yeah. is the impact that you can have on others. Yeah. And, and, and for the real estate side, um, so I started investing in real estate because um, – you know, you're talking about passive income. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I wanted my dad to retire. Because right? mm -hmm. he, he, he's a blue collar worker. He's mm -hmm. worked as a printer for forever. And I was like, I'm going to get enough money for him to retire. Um, so I kept, you know, doing flips. And, and I realized I just couldn't have, I didn't have enough. In Australia, it's really hard to find positive cash flow property. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't find any. And uh, I was on a Steve McKnight. Uh, you know, yes, I know Steve McKnight. Yeah. Everyone, in. everyone knows Steve McKnight. <laughs> yeah, we're the mate, we're the same age, so we probably followed this. A yeah, lot we of probably the were there at the yeah. conference, going, "Oh yeah, this sounds like a good thing." To do. <laughs> Zero to two hundred properties <laughs> yeah. in yeah, twelve and a half months. Years? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. so um, so I remember going to those the conferences and being, "Wow, this is really cool." But you realize that all the things he was preaching, he had already done, and the market mm. had moved on, right? Yeah. So it was like really hard. And then someone said to me. Um, uh, he, they're talking about U.S. market, you know, buying in the U.S. 2010. This is 2010. Just uh, after the GFC, yeah, yeah. financial crisis. So I was like, awesome. So I'm gonna. Uh, so I went around asking people, hey, um, have you have you invested in the U.S. market? What do you think? Everyone I met in Adelaide was like, no, no, don't go to the U.S. And I was like, why? Oh, you will lose your money. And I'm like, oh, cool. Have you done it? No, I haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, so how do you know? Oh, I got a mate of a mate. Yeah. Can you introduce me? Oh, I don't really know him anymore. Yeah. So. So I kept asking this question and finally one guy said, oh yeah, I invest in, I've invested in the US last couple of years. Um, I just bought a $5 million mobile home park. And wow. I was like, "How much, is that good? He goes, yeah, it gives me about 20% net cash every year. A million bucks. Unbelievable. Is that a buck? A million? Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, so why do people tell me not to go? He goes, 
because they haven't done it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that kicked off my journey to, to start looking that's overseas. A, such yeah. good information. <laughs> yeah. it, no, because that, that is the truth. But what holds people back is people giving them their advice based on nothing. <laughs> well, based on their own fears, yeah, right? Or their experiences. 100%. Well, we yeah. see that even when you, and I, and I don't want to bring in vaccines into this conversation, yeah. but people have yeah. commentary based on the, yeah. no, <laughs> no, no study or yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And I just go, oh, what, yeah. what's going on there? So, uh, so that that's really interesting. So you, <laughs> obviously, you sold the business yeah. for quite a substantial piece of it, it where, wasn't where actually, you could go and invest. It actually wasn't a lot. It was like okay. yeah, like not even a six figure. But okay. this is two thousand and five. So, okay, so houses so, were. But, but for your age at the time, that's yeah, pretty that substantial. And you can, yeah, yeah. And and the, the crazy money. part was, I remember investing in a property in twenty two thousand six. Mm -hmm. I think the boom happened. Yeah. Um, Bought a property, left it there, and within six months I sold it and made sixty grand. Yeah. And I'm like, this this is my whole year's like salary, salary. wage, and you know. So anyway, I just was exposed to that, but oh, but I didn't think too much of it. I just thought, wow, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. sense if you yeah. buy right. I mean, there's a lot of study. You don't just yeah. go and buy a random house. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna well, but at 2007 you could buy anything because everything just went up. Was, was going. Yeah, up. but I realized I I just either timed it well or. I, I just didn't understand all the pieces, but that's why I went to Stephen. Yeah, my first property I bought in 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just before the GFC. Yeah. So actually, like, oh. it went down yeah. and then it took three or four years to, to come back. find, back, find yeah. its way back. It just, that was heartbreaking because I'd done all this study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my, my first first time I invested in shares was September 11th when, when, when the Twin Towers hit. Yeah. The day before I bought it and the next day. Shares just went to zero. zero. And I was like, oh, I'm never buying shares. No, it's too volatile. <laughs> but I haven't learned my lesson, so I started yeah. buying. Yeah. And, and now you're yeah. in crypto. Now, 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 <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> NFTs next. And, um, so I, on top of all this, you've uh, and, and part of your, your, your growth and your journey to Happy Co., you yeah. learned five languages as well. And is that and, and yeah. XME Pro uh, well, soccer player? Yeah, and, I mean, like all these debatable but um like <laughs> i grew up in in darwin and my babysitter um was actually a greek lady okay. so, so yaya looked yeah. after me for six years and she couldn't speak english yes um, yeah, so i had to learn greek and then papu was the priest of the orthodox church yeah. and so you know it's just amazing like stories that i would get in trouble with yaya run into the church while he's preaching and i'll be like running around Naked, pretty yeah. much, right? As a, as a kid, yeah. And I'll go, papu, papu, yeah, yeah, see, like, and I was just bawling my eyes, and all these Greek people going, "Tin after, like, who's this kid? Why is this? Why is this Kinesa speaking English, like a Greek? Like, this doesn't make sense." So, um, that was like, that was really, yeah. But I've I've connected a lot of Greek people over the years. It's just, yeah, been, yeah it's a really fun. So, yeah. Australian or English, <laughs> Australian English, Australian English, American uh, English. Yeah, American English. I don't know why I went that way. Can we edit that out? Um, English, uh, Greek. Greek. Uh, uh, so uh, Mandarin. Mandarin. Hokkien, which is Hokkien. like a dialect of okay. Mandarin uh, from Singapore. And yeah. then uh, a little bit of Thai. Okay. Um, I was dating a Thai girl yeah. many years ago. And her mum didn't speak English to is me. Is this something that you just pick up or do you actually force uh, yourself to learn? No, I just pick up. I just pick up. Yeah. How yeah. do you pick up? I'm Italian uh, and I still struggle to pick it up. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, Well, I think it's... um. If you're forced to speak to someone the yeah, same language every correct. day, right? And then you're like, yeah. oh, if I, otherwise I can't communicate. Although my wife is Vietnamese and I 
I have trouble picking up Vietnamese because it's just so, I can't get the tonations right. Yeah, okay. And maybe because I'm getting old and yeah. I reckon there must be something around how you're wired because I grew up in an Italian family. Everyone yeah. spoke Italian. Yeah. I understood Italian but responded in English. I was too lazy just to. Well, it, a, a lot of um, I think like kids when they're young they don't want to pick up the second language because mm. it's not cool, right? Because your parents are speaking mm. it. You know, I don't want to you know speak like yeah, this possibly. Guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's a. But I, uh, I'm having the same. I want my son to have a second language, and yeah. it's really hard because my wife speaks Vietnamese. I speak all these other things, and the common language in English. So, yeah, it's yeah. Tough. yeah, we have to go overseas and live like five years in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Ha, ha, you, yeah. One child? Yeah, we have a four-year-old. Excellent. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. The Nets. No, Nets. My yeah, favorite see? team. It's all like, done. Yeah. I knew we had a connection. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> so I, I also read somewhere. Talking, going back into your career, and I, I laughed when I read this. And I don't know, I think you were interviewed once before, so I did a little oh, no. bit of research okay. before coming on. And you said that your first job you had for a day. Oh, yeah. Is that, can you tell wait, us? Wait, that? Was that the one I was the kitchen the hand? Kitchen? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was, um, it was my first paying paid jobs, actually. So, a family friend run, ran a teppanyaki restaurant yeah. um, in Darwin. And he needed help, right? So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the kitchen hand. <laughs> Essentially prepare all the food. And Darwin's really hot and I sweat really easily. Yeah. Like I just keep sweating. I don't know why. And um, I think I started at 6.30 and by 7.30 he said, hey, you should go home. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was preparing the food and I was like fumbling around, didn't know what to do. And I was just sweating on people's food, like dripping. <laughs> and, and you know the teppanyaki board, right? And so you can hear the so I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he just went, hey, um, thanks for helping out. You should probably go home this now. This is not your gig. Yeah, this is not your gig. Um, yeah. Um, and he's been a really good family friend. Oh, that's um, brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, so that's uh, you, need, you need an urgent help and then all of a sudden sending you home. That's, yeah. That's yeah. very funny. <laughs> that's, 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 you, you know you screwed up. And I also read that Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a big um, a big impact in your life. Yeah, it was because um, like growing up we weren't wealthy I, I never felt poor because my parents gave me as much as they could as a yeah. child but i never felt rich or wealthy uh, so i never so i never knew about how to be rich mm. and i didn't even know people were rich yeah right and um i remember sitting in i think this is my the first place i the web design company they had the rich dad poor dad book and i used to bring that home and read it yeah and i was like oh my goodness like so there's actually ways to get wealthy yeah. and there's these four quadrants, you know, of like yeah. the investor. So that just opened my eyes to this whole new world. Like my parents, we never spoke about money. We, we weren't financially educated. Um, yeah, so it was, it was an amazing yeah. <laughs> book. Yeah, I, the book had a big impact on my life too. Just yeah. to, hang on, what? Yeah. My, my, the money can work for you? Is that, like, you know, just yeah. that whole philosophy just blew my mind. Yeah, so, so I... I um, I mean, that was just the, the first of many books that kind of helped me along the journey. But um, that one was one of the first few. That I'm like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> so let's talk about Happy Co. Oh, geez, uh, how did, yeah. So you've you've started in this real estate um, in this real estate world. Obviously, at some point, seen a market opportunity to yeah. create what is now Happy Co. Can you tell us that story? Yeah. So as I was buying properties in Australia and in the US. Um, I started to like you know have a small portfolio, and one day my property managers came to me and said, "Hey, uh, the tenant skipped town. There's a bunch of damages in the property, but we can't get the rental deposits back." And I'm like, "Why?" 
And, and they're like, well, we didn't really – we took photos, but we didn't really – it's on the digital camera. We kind of lost the camera. And I didn't think too much about it. I'm like, oh, that really sucks. And then, you know, my Australian property manager at the time was like, hey, we, um, uh, we can't get the, the bond back. And same thing. We kind of – you know, we, we can, but if we go to court and it's going to take you X amount of months. And so within a short period, all these properties started to have damages and issues. Mm. And I just thought, this is really silly. Yeah. I, I, why, 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 why can't people solve this? Um, at that stage, I started Mighty Kingdom with, with Phil Mays. Yep. And we were trying to build iPhone apps and iPad apps for people. Um, it wasn't even gaming at that stage. It was just um, workflow tools and productivity yep. tools. So anyway, so we, I was thinking, hmm, wonder if we could build an inspection app, right, that, that people can use. So I did some research. There wasn't much in the market. There was one product that was horrible interface. Um, so then I made a screenshot on an iPad 1. Um, it was an app that you could use to do inspection. So if you think about like the screenshot, uh, it'll be a login screen, you switch to the next page, there's a camera button, you take photos. So I built this these screenshots and I rang 20 companies. So I rang like LJ Hooker, Ray White, Remax, um, and one of my American uh, property managers. And I said, hey, can I come and show you this idea? And they said, yeah, yeah come, come into the office. I'm like, oh, that's easy. So I had 20 meetings. Every meeting I went to that I showed this, every person tried to touch the, the, the iPad app. And I'm like, no, these are just screenshots. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you double tap the screen, it yeah. goes big. Yeah, the image yeah. goes big. Yeah, so th that's what happened. Don't touch it. Let me show you how it works. I have to swipe. And they're like, oh my God, this is going to be so happy. I'm so happy you build this. Oh my God, my inspectors are going to be happy. Oh, the landlord's going to be so happy. Blah, blah. And, and it kept kind of this word happy. And so I thought, oh, this is really cool. And then the next question they asked was, how much is it? And I'm like, this isn't even real. You're not listening to me. We haven't yeah. built it. Um, and we just settled on, I think, $45 a month, unlimited. And then had 19 contracts signed. Wow. Yeah, so I went back to the office um, and I said, I think we need to build this thing. <laughs> some people are trying, to, yeah, some <laughs> are trying to pay for I'm it. I'm taking money for something I haven't even got. Yeah, so, so that's how we got started essentially. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so we, that's how we started the and company. The, and the name Happy Co came from it, that. It was originally Happy Inspector. Okay. Right. Because I because I kept hearing happy and I wanted the like software to have like a emotive yeah. you know to kind of elevate software to help yeah, people. Yeah. So that was why it's called Happy Inspector initially. Yeah. yeah. And now it's grown into a company. It's grown into a company. So um Well, it was a company, but yeah, it's Happy well, Co is in Yeah, it's Happy Co now. Yeah. So we over time we've always wanted to build um, a suite of, of a range of products. Yeah. And under the happy umbrella, essentially. So now we have a bunch of different tools um, okay. for, for property managers. So congrats again on your, yeah. on your journey. It's been an amazing one so far. And we didn't dive into the, um, the Mighty Kingdom, actually, which oh. we probably should have touched on that. <laughs> actually, we will. Let's go back to yeah, Mighty Kingdom. Okay. So, how did, so you started Mighty Kingdom yeah. based on… Yeah, so we, Mighty Kingdom was building a bunch of different apps. So the way it started was Phil… Phil had a bunch, so he's a he's a programmer, really mm -hmm. brilliant programmer, and he said, "Hey, you used, we used to work at um, Midway Rap Bag Games together, yeah. and we were both working on their user interface." So he's like, "Hey, do you mind if you help me build some like designs for some of the projects I have?" So I said, "Yep, let's do that." And I was like, "This is really fun because yeah. you only built one single screen. You know, it's iPhone three. Yeah. It's just really easy to build to." Yeah. Um, and he's like, "All right." So we started doing stuff, and people were like, "Hey, can you build me an app?" And we started building an app. Um, so that's how we got started. Phil wanted to build games all all this time. Yeah. He loves games. He's, yeah. It's just his passion. So we started um, we started doing other, other like 
work to kind of fund the, the video, the games part of things, it just took too long. Um, meantime, this happy inspector started to take off. And so we had this crossroads where I said, hey, Phil, I'm going to go move to the US. Um, do you want to come? Because uh, Andrew Macross, who's my co-founder in Happy, Happy Co., yeah. um, he was working for us at Mighty Kingdom. <laughs> so he was, he was like first, so first employee. So we said, yeah. hey, Macross wants to work for, for, for Happy Inspector. We want to go to the US. Do you want to come, Phil? And he said, no, I just want to stay here and build games. So what we did was either uh, at that stage 50-50 ownership in Mighty Kingdom and um, he had a small percentage or a percentage in Happy, Happy Co., and we essentially just shook hands and we just gave each other the shares back and that's it. Yeah, there it, it, it's mad, like, you know, like this normally ends up with in like people tears, fighting, fighting yeah, yeah. you know, oh, you screwed me over. But that was one of those like, wow, that, that could have ended badly, but yeah. it, it didn't. And I think like he followed his passion, I followed my passion. I love real estate, I love software. Yeah, so that was really lucky. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's actually a really good story. Yeah, it's... Because it's, ha- oh, so many times a year things happen in tears and... Yeah, things go down with a blaze of glory. Yeah. So Happy Co took off. Talk us to us about that story. What yeah. the rise of of your of your brand and 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 yeah. did you did you get funding early in your piece or did you create and sell? How what was yeah. your model? So we we I didn't know you could actually raise money yeah. to do this, right? So it's a different world. It's very different. And someone in Adelaide said, "Hey, did you know you could actually go to Silicon Valley, raise money, and?" Um, people give you money for your products. And I'm like, really? Your, your business people actually do that? And they're like, yeah. Um, so I did some research and then I found like there's this local place called Innovate SA back in the days and, you know, went through this course and they kind of taught you how to fundraise, um, very some basic stuff about fundraising. And I remember even pitching SA Angels. Uh, this is like many years ago. Yeah. Right? And I pitched them the concept. We're trying to raise a hundred thousand on a three hundred thousand dollar valuation. I'm yeah. like, wow, that's amazing. And all of them passed. Like, no, 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 this is you know not for us. We don't really like it. So that gave me my first taste of fundraising, which is just a lot of no's. Um, we had got we got into Startmate, which is the Australia um it's like a technology incubator. Uh, and so we got into that. The the really cool part is Startmate was our first check into the the business, and we just paid them back a hundred <laughs> times their money. Uh, this okay. is like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. wow. So, yes, I saw that. Yeah, that was yeah. the Fin Review article I was referring to. Yeah, so I was like, oh man, that's, that, that felt really good. And, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, if, if SA Angels did it, then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. no, anyway. no, no. Yeah, but I, I think the... For, <laughs> let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> Cut. No, um, so I, I, I think the the whole fundraising journey wasn't easy for us like because I didn't know how to fundraise. Yeah. Um, I remember our first money outside of Startmate I had about 76 meetings before we got our first yes. Yeah, wow. And it was just, oh my God, it was just painful, mm. you know, like, no, oh, no, I don't want to invest. Why? Oh, because your company does, sucks. Okay, great. I mean, they didn't, they didn't say that. But no, it, 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 it's you know, how you feel. That's how I feel. And, and then the next person would say something very different. Oh, I love the company, but I don't think you can do it. <laughs> yeah. what? And then so it, it's just like rejection after rejection. Mm. But we eventually raised about, um, I think, $800,000 in this first seed round. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, so that was great. We're off to the races and the company had a bunch of near-death, well, a lot of near-death moments where we nearly ran out of cash and, and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does that look like in your first, the first time you're trying to raise money? How do you build the confidence to say, I've got this product which I believe you can 
get yeah. some return on. And, and how do you come up with the numbers of the potential scale and return? Yeah, so we went through StartMe and StartMe really taught us how to pitch and present your business. Mm-hmm. And even today, right, when I, I get a lot of people sending me their, their you know, investment decks and all that and they pitch their company and I realized, wow, like the people that don't have the right structure, you can just, you just dismiss them. And I was like, wow, that was me when I yeah. first started, right? Yeah. And, and so there is a, a, a bit of a structured on how to, to pitch um, for a technology company, you know, just covering the main points around like the problem you're solving, the solution, the yeah. business model, the traction, the team, um, the market size. So there's like probably 10 or 15 slides. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was just trial and error. Mm. And, and a lot of fundraising isn't about your pitch deck it actually is your delivery of d- delivery of your your pitch and the timing and how you build like this momentum and, mm. and FOMO essentially, mm. um, which I didn't understand because I was like, oh, I'm really good at pitching now. I'm, you know, I can read. I don't have to read anything. I can just off off my cuff do things. Um, but then I remember one of my good buddies. He actually raised five million bucks, and right. I'm like, how did you do that? You've yeah. got the same traction, you know, same stage as us. And he's like, Jun, let me tell you. It's all about how you, you know, the timing, how you yeah. do it. I'm yeah. like, wow. And then he, he, if you watch Silicon Valley, the TV series. I yeah, I haven't it. seen um, it, but I've, so it's, it's on my to-do list. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's a lot like, in a way, dating yeah. to some degree. Like, yeah. And that's why always, people always say dating is like fundraising. Yeah. Like if you go to the club, you know, nightclub, and you go there with a bunch of females as friends, you go there, then the chances of you meeting someone is high because other girls are like, wow, what? Who, who's this guy? It more attractive. Yeah. And if you go there with a bunch of like mates and you're like, yeah. oh, no, nah, you, yeah. you just, yeah. So I think it's about how you position the company. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that a lot of it comes down to that. It's, it's marketing genius, it's, isn't it, it really? Pretty much. I is. think there was a Sigmund Freud's nephew. I can't remember his name, but he, he was the one that started that from in a mass sort of way. Yeah. Oh, I, can, I can never remember the documentary that I watched, but the, the, cigarette companies yeah and i'm going off tangent here but i'm using your point right the cigarette companies back in the day like in the 50s there was the The marlboro yeah the marlboro it was it was men it was only men smoking and and so marlboro came went to uh Mm. went to uh mr freud i'm going to call him i can't remember his full name and, and said to him how do we get the the female population? We're only getting fifty percent of the market. Yeah. So essentially, at the Super Bowl, they went, they got, they hired some supermodels to walk around the Super Bowl, uh-huh. Super Bowl. Yeah. In in bikinis or whatever, smoking. You know those with the long yeah, sticks thin, with the, the thin, cigarettes yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what was happening was that all mm. the men were staring yeah and the females want to be her was saying what's she doing yeah, it's yeah. different she has the cigarette and and yeah. it and it snowballed from that well yeah yeah it, was, it probably should have been because she's got a bikini on <laughs> <laughs> but no i, I possibly yeah, I get, yeah. yeah but, but i think signaling has a lot to do Absolutely. with fundraising um which i didn't appreciate earlier on um, no. it took me a long time to, to get it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's um positioning and and timing had it what what is your thought process around that? Like, how do you position yourself? And then how do you recognize the right time? For fundraising? For or fundraising, yeah. Um, I mean, it's always the right time. Mm. Uh, people so are I, always interested. Yeah, people are always interested in a, in a good good company, good deal. Um, a lot of chal- I think a lot of challenges first-time early founders have is because I, they very rarely have raised money from other people. Mm-hmm. So 
if if I was a first time founder, I always go, hey, go I always tell them, go look at, go try to invest in other companies and then let them pitch you. And then you start to realize, oh man, I'm sounding like like the other thousands mm. of people out there. So I think it's like, how do you position yourself um, in your company in a a unique way so that you don't sound like the other thousand people? Mm. Um, it's it's really hard. Um, yeah, I don't really have a good answer. I think you, well, there's yeah. there's well, there's no one size fits all, is there? There's yeah. no uh, there's no you know golden yeah. ticket. Yeah, I don't think there is one. I think it, it just comes down to like if you're trying to fundraise, go hang out with a bunch of other you know, with investors. Um, don't pitch for money. It's probably one of my one of the tips is don't pitch for money. Yeah, sell pitch the for, vision. Pitch for advice. Okay. All right. So you go, hey, yeah. I'm not trying to. If I come to you and say hey, I want your money, you're already going. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But if I say, hey, Dan, can you help me like, you know, give me some advice on my dad? Uh, absolutely. And you're like, oh, cool. And you start helping and you realize, hey, this guy's actually really good. And yeah. Do you want my money? And yeah. so that's how a lot well, of- Well, people money. invest in people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, Especially at that, that, that stage. Absolutely. So yeah. just by merely working with you and seeing your curiosity, they were like, actually, this is actually not a bad business model in the yeah. same token. Or, or, um, actually, one of the things I really love is you, when you give someone advice- and they they do the advice that you've given them yeah. or tried it and they yeah. failed or whatever, but they try you're like, oh, he listened to me. That's yeah. really good. The worst ones are, you, you know, you give them advice and then they don't do it. You're like, yeah. oh, or I they just, come up with an excuse why that won't yeah, work. Yeah, oh, I haven't tried. I didn't do that. Yeah. You're like, oh my, like, if you can't even do my really easy task, how are you going to run a business? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that to me, I always try to give advice and then see if they follow it or not. And that shows me, oh, actually, this guy's a or girl is really fun to work with. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So Stuart Snyder, who's been on this podcast, oh yeah, he's uh, he mentioned. I called him yesterday actually, yeah. and I said, "Jin's <laughs> uh, coming on tomorrow," and um, and he's like, "Oh, oh, great!" And I said, "Any questions? Have you got any <laughs> questions?" He goes, "No, nothing, nothing of note." Um, but then he said, "But one thing is that." Jindo, uh, Jindao. Jindo. 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 Sorry, I, I got that right. And then I, you can edit that. No. Um, <laughs> he said, one thing that I will say is that he's one of the most remarkable founders that I've ever invested in. And I said, okay, that's really interesting. And I didn't yeah. further question. You, you should have. I should have. Yeah. yeah. So, what makes you that way, do you believe? That you, he would be so he would speak so highly of I, I don't know. Like yeah. I, I Maybe um, I should we should get him on the show now. Yeah, we should just, ask him. Like, give him a yeah, call. Well, live why call. do you what, what do you mean? <laughs> um Yeah, I don't really know. Like I, I think what I've heard from maybe not from investors, but more from like our team members yeah. and our leadership team is um authenticity. So I'm I am I don't show up and be a different person. Yeah. I, I because I want to sleep at night, so I yeah. can't be like two-faced. So I always come and if I say I'm going to do something, I'll do something. Mm-hmm. If um, I'm, yeah, I'm not trying. Yeah, like you, you see me walking into this podcast wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just surprised. Yeah, you're like, oh, why would he do that? But, but I'm like, I, I like dressing this way. It's fine. I, yeah, so I think like authenticity plays a big part. Yeah. Um, and m- maybe with Stuart, um, like I said, I was going to go to the US and. I went to the US and I'm going to do this and I did this and yeah. even the you the, delivered on what you said you were going to do. Yeah, and and I think it's surprising. Like I just think it's normal, but I, I'm surprised by how much people go. Wow, you just delivered on what you said. And I'm mm. like, 
what do other people do? Yeah. Why <laughs> um, are there so many people lying? <laughs> well, or just like, I, and I don't know why. And people always get, get, give excuses on why things can't happen. And I'm like, well, how do we, how do we make it happen? How do we make mm. it happen? Um, but I don't think I'm that much more remarkable. <laughs> but I think that's a really great skill set that if, if you're, you know, if people are looking to invest into your business, yeah. take their advice, right? Take yeah. their, or, or deliver on the, what they bought in for, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, I think that's the most in, important thing. Yeah, and, and I've always had this view where, um, you know, people that have made self-made people or people that have made some money, um, actually even anyone that hasn't made money, someone always has a lesson to teach you yeah. about something, whether it's the right one or the anti-lesson. Yeah, or the wrong lesson. Th- there's what always something, yeah, yeah, something like, so always like listen to people and try to figure out like, hey, what is the the lesson of you know, this person and, um, Stuart had a lot of good ones like around, you know, he, he always said, oh, you communicate really well. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a skill set. But but he's seeing something that maybe, you know, like that I'm not seeing. So I'm like, thank you, Stuart. That's good feedback. <laughs> well, that's an interesting comment. I think, are you connected with Vin Jang? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vin. So, oh, Vin's, no. yeah so Vin's <laughs> been on the show as well. And yeah. like, he's a master in communication and he's recently – um, if, if I empower anyone who wants to learn about communication, go back and listen to that pod, podcast because yeah. it was fantastic and it was good fun. Um, he recently posted, a, I don't know if you saw it, like it was a snippet of of LinkedIn, like a screenshot of LinkedIn of someone from an IT world oh, yeah. saying, what do, you, what do I need communication for if I'm working in the tech industry? If I'm technically great at my job, I don't need to be able to communicate. Yeah. And so he gave some, a really long list of reasons why that is incorrect. But yeah. um, I'm asking you, being in the tech industry and tech yeah. world, how important is your communication skills? I think being in any industry, communication yeah, I, is I important, right? I like I, I think like, it's probably very narrowed sided to kind of say oh is this this is not useful to me mm. um like even just having if if you have a, a spouse that's important yeah. enough to be a good communicator correct um and i feel like communication like the lack lack of or the breakdown of communications where disagreements happen mm. misunderstanding happens and so i think it's really important and we put a lot of our team um people in different you know in it and engineering product customer success roles we actually put them in Vin Jiang's communication course. Yeah. And the reason is like, well, you if you don't get be- if you get better at, at work in communication, great. If you get better at communication in your home life, even better. Yeah. Um, because I feel all these things are connected. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. So to that person, I don't know. You know. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm not singling out anyone. It was just you, you it, should it, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that point kind. of thing. Can we, yeah. yeah. In the show notes, let's rubbish this for now. <laughs> um I th- yeah, I really like Vin's approach towards communication, and like I said, have a listen to that podcast because it was it was a ripper. Yeah, um, I would also like to talk to you about the uh, recent raise, and so congratulations. Yeah. Obviously, the, the recent raise was in the. Can you tell us again about what does that mean now for for, for Happy Co and where? What's the next steps? From yeah, that? so we. Um, well, firstly, explain the raise. The raise, yeah. yeah. So we we recently, uh, I think, it was reported that we raised uh, Australian seventy two million dollars, which is about fifty two yep. US million dollars US. Um, this was our Series B round of funding. So, uh, you know, for those for the listeners who don't know as much, so in, what happens is you have your seed round of funding mm-hmm. and your your typically like a Series A and a Series B, Series C, and each series essentially like um, the you know the valuation of the company gets bigger and and things get more exciting. So we recently did our Series B round, um, but prior to that, 
you know, so the company has gone through ups and downs, lots of lots of downs where we've nearly run out of cash. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it hasn't been smooth sailing. But the last three years we've been profitable. So we we got to this stage, the company got profitable, like thanks to all the amazing work the team had done. Um, and so we were going about our daily business, going, all right, we're going to go do these next things. And we met um, the lead investor, which is Camber Creek uh, in the US. And I've known Camber Creek for maybe Casey Berman specifically for maybe eight years. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I went to him. I said, hey, this is the company today. This is what I want to achieve without any capital. This is just of our own back. And he's like, oh, my God, that's a great idea. And I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. And then so it went from that to let's lead a round of financing. And, and so that's why we, we, we took their money. But yeah. his comments were the exact same thing where he said um, – Every time you've, every time I caught up with you, you would say I'm going to do something, right? And then the next time I catch up with you, you have, you would have done the thing you said you were going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and so he's like, wow, there's there's a lot of that, you know, like relationship building, yeah. that trust. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we raised this round. There's so many things that we want to build. Um, our customers want us to build a lot more solutions, um, and we're looking to build more stuff and maybe do some acquisition by some smaller companies as well. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. What is what does the valuation look like now? Oh, um, it, it's it's uh, Australian or US. Let's talk Australian numbers. Um, it'll, it'll be high. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Which um, you know, for your listeners out there, I don't have hundreds of millions of dollars. No, yeah, so, no. but people don't know that. They go, oh, no. you're rich. I'm like, no. Yeah, well, you walk <laughs> in paper. with shorts, right? So, yeah, I'm sitting in my shorts. <laughs> you I can't, can't afford. You can't afford the full length. <laughs> yeah, the extra, yeah. Which way I get a bit more money? Um, no, but 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 it is it is a it is a good signal like um, for the rest of the like, company you know people in the company going wow we we started off two people zero dollar valuation try yeah. to raise a hundred thousand dollars on a three hundred thousand dollar valuation no one wanted to put money in and now you know it's, the company's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and um, yeah so it's been I still don't believe it half yeah the time. you're pinching yourself I, I punch I'm punching myself <laughs> walking through the wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and and to some degree, it it's it's a bit of a vanity number. Like it's not real. It's just what someone places. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but it, but it's a good signal. It's like oh, we're worth something, and and we've built value for our customers. We're you know, we're making good revenue. Um, so yeah, we're, we're pretty happy. What does that mean for a founder to be the or the founder slash CEO of a hundred two hundred million dollar business? What what, what does it mean for you personally in in regards to your career now, um, yeah. So it's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. Um, mm. So what what does it mean? I, I well, like because you. I remember. I, I, I'm going to take you back. I remember I got a job early in my career, and I landed a job in property. Right, yeah, and yeah. I said, right, I'm now a project manager. Yeah, and I went. I've, I I remember turning to my wife, and I said. I, we are never going to go hungry because now yeah. I've got a skill set that I can apply anywhere. Yeah. And and so what does that now mean? It's, it's probably like, yeah, I get your question. I think it's probably similar, right? So now I look at like if we sold the company today, um, like I would never have to work for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. We, we had offers to buy the company a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have to work for a very, very long time. Yeah. In five years' time, we'll, it's, it's, yeah. to me, it's all the, the same. Um, it, so what I'm doing today isn't about the money. 
because I know like at any stage I won't have to work. Mm. Um, to me, I'm like, I really want to really swing for the fences and change the way the in, our customers, in, so the, the, the real estate industry yeah, works in the US. Yeah. Um, that to me gets me really excited. And I get to bring on, bring along a bunch of people, not, not just not investors, but more like um, employees who can share in that upside as well. So one day if we do go public, um, you know, their their option everyone in the company has options and shares right yeah and so hopefully one day all of them will get to share in it there'll be a bunch of millionaires that we made out of it they can enjoy like sharing the love sharing the love and then go spread that happiness absolutely yeah yeah. spread the happy coke yeah um (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one okay uh what made you it's a really dumb question but i'm gonna ask it anyway because i already know the answer but yeah what made you go to the US? Uh, what like why not build it here in Australia first? I yeah. know you got actually I know you got the office here in Adelaide, which is fantastic, and yeah. you're back here yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So I'm very happy to catch you. But yeah, sheer market size is that? Yeah, really? market size. So we we launched the product in the App Store, and we started to get these downloads, random downloads mm. from the US. And then I was like, oh, I actually used to live in the US, and it's much bigger than Australia. So what I actually decided was this is before we raised any money. We had that, you know, nineteen customers just signed up, and I said to my wife, she was my fiance at the time, I said, "Hey, we're going to move to the U.S. right for an adventure." She's like, awesome! <laughs> um, so we started selling everything that we had here. Not yeah. much. We had, yeah. yeah. I, had, I had like twenty new Tiger Asics Tiger oh, Sika yeah. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. 20, Eight, 20 yeah. brand new ones, yeah. and she sold it in a, in a garage sale for like oh. ten bucks each. Oh no. And I'm like, oh my That's god! But but it's fine. We we we, we sold everything. And the what'd idea, you wear then? What's your- <laughs> no, I just wear my Birkenstocks. <laughs> Feet went cold. <laughs> Feet went cold. Um, but 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 we decided to we wanted to move to the US to because the market was huge. Yeah, and no we did that before we had raised any capital. Before we had anything, we just thought let's burn our ships, so to speak, mm. and go there, try to make it, and don't come back until we did. Um, so that I was, I told it would be two years and it's been 10 years. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So why, so you're building this business in Adelaide. There's, yeah. you've got 120 odd staff. Yeah. And half of them are here in Adelaide. In Adelaide yeah. Did you already have a solid foundation here or did you, how did, like, how did you manage the? Yeah. So we, we started off doing everything over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were very, really small. And then I think about three or four, four or five years in, I can't remember when it was, we we had a need to get more software development done. Mm-hmm. There was a company here that was helping us to do some work and we thought, oh, maybe we should move back and or at least build a small team here. Um, and, you know, th- that team grew to three or four or five people. Yeah. Then we we sort of brought all the engineers into HappyCo. Um yeah, and then we just kept growing. And, and the idea for us, um, so Macross, my co-founder, and I, we, we kind of spent a lot of time in Adelaide. He grew up in Adelaide. Um, so we just thought we wanted to give back to the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I graduated from uni, there just wasn't any good jobs. Mm. It was it's really hard to find good work. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed rap bag games and that got sold and all that. And I thought, wow, what if I could create like another amazing South Australian mm. you know, organized company? Right, so people don't have to go into state overseas. They can be challenged at work. Um, so that's why we thought, let's just build a base in Adelaide. You know, that 
Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and you are, which is great. Now you've come back, and there's a lot of other companies coming to Adelaide now, potentially stealing a lot of your (laughs) stock. I mean, the tech industry is just crazy at the moment, and and getting good talent. How how are you managing that with the big names coming? Yeah, so we so of our sixty, we have sixty people in Adelaide. Um, In the last five years. I think maybe only five people have six people have left. Okay, All right. So that's good. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I don't know. I think like what we what we do is we just focus on our culture, that what we're building, um, you know, developing people. Focus on the people. Yeah. That's probably it. Always says, oh, it's the most important asset, but we actually believe in it. Yeah. Without them, we can't build anything. Yeah. So what does um, that look like though? When you say we focus, what are you building? What are you? Get, are you yeah. Are you putting them through courses? Are you taking them out to lunch? Like what? What is? What is your <laughs> ping pong tables? Yeah. No, uh, I mean, well, I, think, I mean, we're yeah. we're a business that works with companies on their culture and helping them grow their culture. Yeah. So I'm really interested in hearing what. Yeah. So I think, some examples yeah. are. Um, so I think first and foremost, it's defining the culture, mm-hmm. right? Because if you can't define it, then what are you really doing? So we spent a lot of time defining the culture, mm-hmm. and and. Um, it wasn't just me going, this is the core values and live it. Synergy or whatever. Yeah. No, you can use that name as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> IQ. No. Uh, but, but it, it was really like we sat down with 10 of our, um, you know, 10 of the employees, which we felt was the most aligned in, in cultural yeah. core values, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And we actually built the, the we went through like a whole day exercise of coming up with like, what do we want to keep at Happy Co that we, we like? Mm-hmm. What do we aspire to and what do, we, what do we not want to have? And so we went through exercise, narrowed it down to 20, 10 or 20 ideas and then down to five core values. And we took those core values and then we um, inst- operationalized it. So now we hire people based on the core values. So we actually have a part of our interview process. There's a core values interview. Yeah, wow. And but the crazy part is the other interviews. There's about six, five or six interviews that every candidate goes through. I feel sorry for everyone. Mm. Um, but everyone is actually interviewing for core values um, as well. So we we all after the interview, we talk about the, on the candidate. We sit down. We say, how did he score? This person score on core values? Oh, you know, um, two two out of two. So it's a minus two to plus two scale. Yeah. And then everyone around the table will give their opinion. Um, and the, the hiring manager is the person that decides yes or no. So even if I said no, uh, a minus one, the hiring manager, I don't have veto rights. The hiring yeah. manager is one that decides. All, all we're doing is just giving that person perspective. Yeah, okay. So hiring is very, very important for us because who you let in and who you keep out is Oh, really well, it's Jim's, Jim Collins' number one rule, isn't it? Yeah. Like who, right. The people on the bus. Right. What, yeah. what are the questions that you're asking in that process? Um, like if you're asking to – like Kaizen is one of your yeah, values, yeah. right? So what is a question that surrounds Kaizen? So, I, you know, I don't actually do core oh. values interviews anymore, but I can tell you what, what one of the questions would be, right? Yeah. So it would be just like – so for what I do is like when I talk to someone, I'm like, hey, what, you know, tell me a bit about yourself. And Oh, you know, I was um, I I was actually a, a property developer. Oh, really good. And then what happened? Then I wanted to learn programming. Cool. How did you do that? Oh, I just went online and just did a bunch of courses. Oh, and to me that says kaizen, right? Yeah. That someone actually took the initiative, tried to improve themselves. Yeah. So I'm looking for like uh, little snippets on like that person just taking initiative, improving yeah. themselves. Or I started off at this level and I just wanted to get better. And so how did you do that? So really like. Trying to find motivations. Yeah, behavioral yeah. questions. Behavioral questions. The, and, yeah. uh, one thing I really love about that is 
is that it definitely makes it easier to shape a culture when yeah. you're hiring in the right people, right? It's that simple. Yeah, and, and these days I don't push the culture anymore, yeah. right? So we have like people in the organization pushing that culture. Yeah. And, and so I'm doing is just like making sure it doesn't go too far left yeah. and right and then everyone else is pushing it down. Yeah. Um, and really that's the main thing we do. Like the culture is the, the number one thing and then how do you improve people? Like you put them through courses, but all that doesn't mean much. Mm. I think living the core values and pushing um, – Making sure everyone understands how to act with each other. I think that's the core thing that we've done really well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Obviously, yeah. you've used the word authenticity yeah. previously. So, and we've talked Kaizen. So, values are quite critical. Yeah. Integrity is something you and I have spoken about on the phone. And yeah. being in, like in the CEO role, founder role, yeah. growing, raising capital, all the above. Can you talk to us about? the place that integrity has played in your career and why it is very important. Yeah, I, I think like if I wasn't looking to run this company for the long term, I think integrity plays a less important part of it. Yeah. Um, but everyone talks, right? And mm. so, and I have to sleep at night and I, I, I think some people don't care about integrity mm. and that's fine. Like, and, and, some people don't care about it will attract others people. I think it's like who you want to attract. Yeah, you are and surrounded by yeah, who you, those people. Yeah. yeah, and so I think integrity is important to me and so I, I try to portray that and then um, people that don't portray integrity, I try not to work with. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even in the, we're talking about hiring, one thing that we don't do is we can find the best candidate, the smartest engineer, the best you know designer, but if they're like a douchebag to work yeah. with, we we don't hire them. Like mm. we we um, I would rather work with someone that's average yeah. in their skill, but amazing at core, the right cultural fit. Correct. Um, and I learned that when I was working in a bunch of other web companies. Yeah. Like, you know, amazing designer. It's amazing oh. that the, if you look at your career and that first job, yeah. like proper job that you <laughs> yeah that, not the teppanyaki one the that first one yeah left the mark. The first job with the graphic in the graphic design sphere. Yeah where you were treated poorly yeah. and how different the company that you've created is compared yeah. to that original. Is that, was that a big driver? In, is that something that you've ever looked back at and gone, I'm just doing everything the opposite to what they used to do? And I'm yeah, I, I think it's a big part, right? Like mm. try not to be like them. Um, like I don't have a lot of role models. Like yeah. I don't go, oh, I want to be this CEO or this. I don't actually have that. But I have a lot of it, like anger drives me. Yeah. <laughs> in what <laughs> I way? why. I like just I just hated that company so like what they stood for so much. Yeah, okay. I, everything I tried to do was to not be like them, not yeah. be like them. Um, yeah, and yeah. then when you know when bad things happen, when we don't raise money from this investor who was really mean, I'm like, screw you, I'm gonna prove you wrong. And so yeah. that drives me a lot in, in a very weird way. Maybe yeah. it's like my soccer, you know. I don't yeah, know, no, hate I'm, losing. I've, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I had an old football coach. Who told me that I'd never amount to anything, and yeah. I still remember those exact words <laughs> in front of the whole football team. Yeah, and I was captain, oh, wow. and um, yeah. So, it, it, well, no, I was vice captain, and I and it was um, yeah, it was something that's still to this day that has stuck yeah. with me. And I, you, I actually use it to fuel. Yeah, it's like I'll show you. Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't even know where he is. I don't know. I can't even remember his <laughs> I name. I want to show you. Yeah, where I can't even he? remember yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. I think Mark, maybe. I yeah, I don't yeah. know, but. Uh, I remember the look on his face when he said that. That's enough <laughs> to get me through. It's really interesting how how much words can have such mm. a big impact, both positive and negative, on on people. Yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Anyway. Well, that's why, and I say this often on the podcast, is that you should always check the words that you say before you give advice, before you, yeah, you know, before you, I don't know, whether it's with your kids, you tell them off or whatever it is, just check the words because they could potentially have an impact. There's so many conversations where people have come to me and said, Dan, do you remember this thing you said to me two years ago? It's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, no, I yeah. don't remember, but that helped me. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, I do remember now. Mm. No, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to claim it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> what has been one of the uh, like, what, what has been one of the most difficult lessons that you've learned through this journey of yours when it, when it comes to, especially leading, growing, and scaling a company? The, probably like it's hard. Mm, it's it, really hard. It, it's really simple, but it's hard. Yeah. You know, like it, it, in hindsight, everything is so easy. But I think like for me, the hardest part about this is just the people, mm. you know, finding the right people, um, retaining the right people, uh, having hard conversations when people don't meet expectations. And I still struggle with that. Mm. Um, you know, hard, firing is really challenging. Mm. How do you get people aligned? How do you like, yeah, there's just I think people has just been it's just the biggest challenge of this, and and it's the part that I get a lot of, for some weird reason, satisfaction because I actually love people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, it's overactive empathy gland that's going on. You don't want to let people down. Yeah, and and I think you just you just learn. Um, I don't know. It's probably on the less. Yeah, it's a it's a big. It's a lesson that I keep trying to learn is just how do I get better at working with people mm. um, and if people don't perform like how do you have that conversation very early and yeah. not many and we're not taught to you know we were taught to be conflict adverse and so it's it's always been a challenge yeah, yeah. well you yeah. seem like a very holistic thinker right you, yeah. you you're thinking three or four steps ahead of most others yeah how do you then translate that when you because you said business is simple so I, what i'm hearing is i can see how simple it is to get to point a and then to point B and then to point C. Like yeah. to me, it's quite it's chronological. Here, here's the way we do yeah. it. The issue is getting the right people to be able to execute. Yeah, right. Yeah, and 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 you're exact. If it's just me, really easy. Yeah, but, but, but it's not though because <laughs> you need the people to do yeah. that. So, right. So that that's the hard part. Of yeah. It. How do you get everyone rowing in the same direction? And if it's like three, four, five, maybe ten people, it's easy. You sit mm. in a room. You go, we're going to do this. Everyone goes great. You've had 20, 30 people, it starts to get a little bit challenging. Now we're at 120. It's like, oh man, I can't tell 120 people to do this. Yeah. And so um, then you start, then I start learning. So this is the fun of it. So I start learning, oh, actually, I need to have systems yeah. that, that do that. And then you realize the systems aren't enough. And I don't have time to build the systems myself. So I need to focus on the the KPIs and the the, the goals, right? So mm -hmm. my a lot of my time now is spent. <coughs> creating the, the the KPIs and the metrics that, yeah. dri that drive the systems and the systems drive the people. Um, but then you can't make it too rigid because if it's too rigid, no one wants to go to work anymore because it's boring. So yeah. how do you like empower the people to... Uh, and keep the innovation going. Yeah, so that's... That, that, but that's really fun for me because yeah. I'm, I'm not running the same company. Anymore. Do you run quarterly sprints? What? How do you how do you run your strategic Yeah, so plan? The, the best thing that we've done, oh, one of the best things, um, is we implement a system called EOS, mm -hmm. the Entrepreneur Operating System, um, by Gino Wickman. Okay. And a lot of my uh, so EOS EOS. So a lot of my YPO buddies, um, their companies run on this, and they're like, "Oh, you should run, you should test it out." 
we implemented last year. Um, and there's just a whole cadence around it. So there's like a, um, you know, your 10 year planning, five year planning, then three year, then one year, then quarterly, and then a weekly routine. Um, yeah, wow. So it's, it's, we just, can, are you writing this down? We are literally going through this exact scenario right yeah. now, trying to find the best system which suits us. And this is a, an amazing system. You follow it to a, t- we follow it to a T, mm. and it's worked wonders. Um, one of the key things about the system is, the first thing is around the accountability chart, right? So the structure of the organization. Yep. And I just started getting to a stage where I just hated my life <laughs> working yeah. in this company. Because yeah. people were asking me, hey, can I buy, can I go buy, um, um, was it, A4 paper or whatever? I'm like, I don't bloody care. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. If you need the A4 paper, just get it. Yeah, just yeah. go get it. And, yeah. and so, I, so it got to a stage where I was doing a lot of these minute things. And I really love, you know, the visionary stuff coming up with new things. Yeah. And this system actually... Uh, the EOS framework allows you to have a visionary, which is my role, and it allows you to have an integrator, which is like a COO, like yeah. project management type person. And we promoted our head of marketing into the integrator role, and my life has just been amazing since then. Mm. So I don't do – I don't. I, she reports into me and everyone else reports into her. And it allows me to just do the things that I really enjoy. Yeah, that's So it's been great. Yeah. So from a value-add point of view, yeah. you're – putting all your efforts into the areas in which could generate more return for the business. That's what I tell investors, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean it – I. But it, it is, it's true. Yeah. You well, are. I mean running a business, you shouldn't be telling people they can buy A4 paper. Yeah, and yeah. I mean it's much more nuanced than that. But like – No, know, I it, – Yeah, it, it's, it's – I think it's – um, and it, like someone was talking about um, – you know, oh, how how do you see you as manager time wisely, right? And I and people always talk about, oh, you do the most I'm high just value scrub things. That question. <laughs> <laughs> but, and so I think um, one of the key th- was that actual question, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it, I do talk about time management yeah, a lot. All the best podcasts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the so I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like thinking, um, it's it's not sure. There's time you got to spend it wisely, mm. but it's about it's not time allocation, it's about energy allocation mm. for me, right? And so um, if you had to, you know, if you had to do something, like, let's say you had to do bookkeeping, right? And that's really important because no one else can do it, but you hated doing that. If you spend an hour doing it, it feels like five hours. Yeah. And it kills, you know, five points of your energy. Yeah. But if you're doing maybe, you know, creating new, I don't know, creating a new product or whatever it is, um, for me, like looking at real estate, I love looking at real mm. estate, right? So I, I I can go look at a new office space and spend days looking at it. I yeah. feel like I've only spent like five seconds. I agree. And so I think it's about understanding where you get energy from, what gives you energy, and then just and look matching that with like what's important and you kind of try to do the things that like overlap. Yeah. Um, and some things I do which have no value at all, but I love doing it. And I'm like, screw it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it gives me energy to then do the other to things. To do the other stuff. But, yeah. but when you're growing when you're growing a business and scaling and you're in that hustle phase, right? You're in the Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. phase, which is the hustle, 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 so to speak. Yeah. But how do you do – how do you not do those energy draining things? Just yeah, I know. Yeah. This is the thing. I think this is where – at what point do you make the call, I do need an operations person, I do need an extra sales person, I do need like yeah. – what- Ideally, you want to do that all the time mm. but – um, you don't have infinite money and yeah. you've got to wait. Um, 
the, what we did was I just did everything. Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. do you do it? You just do it. I don't yeah. know. Like there's no, you know, people always like, oh, how do I, how do I get motivated? I'm like, I don't really know. Like I just did it. I didn't have any yeah. need. So yeah. Yeah. I've always figured make the call, run with it and then you'll figure it out yeah. how to make it work. I think that's generally, it, it takes a bit of guts and it's scary. Yeah. And you talk about not sleeping at night. Some of yeah. the things that keep me up is those very things. It's like, yeah. all right, well, We've made this decision. I'm not worried about like the integrity thing. I know everyone yeah, actually yeah, thinks yeah. I'm a half decent person, but it's more the um, well, maybe everyone. Gabs is like the way as <laughs> yeah, writing yeah. notes down. <laughs> I'm getting a bit nervous over here. Uh, yeah. yeah, for me, it is about well, hang on. These are the decisions. These are the risks. Yeah, how do I manage that and mitigate this? And they're the constant things that keep me up at night. Yeah, and, and I, I think like we're interesting like initially. These days, I make less and less decisions because the people closest to the problem are making them. So the company today is actually much in a much better place than, than it has been in the past. Yeah. Because um, right. I've always wanted people to make their own decisions. Yeah. But I wasn't able to. And so in the, in, in, in the beginning, you just make everything. You just do everything. How, how do you do it? You just do it. I don't, there's no... <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Way. Did yeah. you ever seek mentors or coaches or anything through it? In in because you talked about you didn't have you don't yeah. aspire to anyone, but did you seek advice? Uh, I, I I always seek advice with yeah. everyone. Yeah, like it, it, like I said, I always learn something from everyone, even if it's the bad thing to do. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's a bad thing to do, but um, I think I'm pretty uh, like upfront in terms of like, hey, I don't know what to do, and even like today, and that's that's the one of the probably the, the reasons why we can't raise more money or whatever. I go to an investor, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And these, these are the things I don't know. And half the people are like, oh my God, you don't know this. You're, you're a horrible person. And the other half go, oh my God, this guy, you know, he's, he's honest. He's the, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he tells, he's candid. And I'm like, I like living that way. Yeah. Um, so well, they're the investors that you want. Yeah, we don't want the, the ones that, the, the ones that know how to live within the ambiguity. Yeah, or well, the ones that just go, you, you're, you're bringing your, yourself forward and, and you know, you're showing everything and, I want to live the that vulnerability. Way. Vulnerability, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Um, I think I just seek advice from as many people as I can. I so I, what I'll do is if I have a question, let's say for example, I want to know how to build a sales or what's the best sales compensation. I would go on LinkedIn and find. I'll go who's the best company has done it, Salesforce. And I'll go to Salesforce and just search all their head of sales people and just ping them on LinkedIn. Yeah. Hey, do you have ten minutes? Can I absolutely you know, buy your beer, or whatever. Of coffee yeah, you're um, able to do that in america in australia it's oh, australia is horrible for yeah it oh is my God. I it's, uh, i've we've we're bringing on our first salesperson actually in yeah. the next month or so so i'm very excited but oh the amount of research i did to try to get this thing right i spoke to every single business yeah. that i like their sales process and then yeah, yeah. tried to come up with one for my own but it, it, it you're not getting the salesforce type no, conversation but, but but for me it's like if i want advice i'll go to the people that have done have it done and it, just reach of, out to anyone right yeah. and then like at least one person in the world will talk to you and you go yeah. oh that's really awesome this so works for you. that's how i seek advice is i just find people yeah. that have done it i don't really care who they are and yeah maybe they'll respond to the same approach <laughs> actually you know what i i did do in this uh, which worked for me was i spoke to directors of and who people who run sales yeah, yeah. Uh, and what they do and then yeah. i spoke to a lot of sales people and what they enjoy yeah, and what they like. So yeah. I went kind of both, both. Yep. and I thought, all right, where do we fall here? Yeah, and I thought that worked. Kind yeah. of, we no. landed on a spot that worked really, really well. Ah, no. no. yes. Uh, have you ever been 
scared. Like you talk about vulnerability, but have you ever been fearful yeah. in your journey? All, all, all the time. Every day. Oh, no. <laughs> all the time. Like, I, like I said, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, 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 this sounds exactly like me. Right? Like, you know, and, and I tell that to the team because um, we, had, we, had, we had one of the managers, this is probably three, two, three years back. One of the managers come up to me, first time manager and said, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like, I, I don't think I can do this job. How do you do it? I'm like, what do you think? Uh, every every dollar that our sales people close is the the biggest company I've ever run. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right? And and it's a subscription business, so yeah. it just keeps going up. Yeah. And every new person we bring in is the largest amount of people I've ever had managed. So yeah. I think it's um, you, you know, you just you just it, it with the fear makes me want to go and be better. Yeah. Have Kaizen go and learn more, go mm. and figure out, go read books, talk to people, and. And then I get a little bit better and then I'm, I sleep at night and then the company grows again and I go, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared Next again. Step. I'm scared. Do you ever yeah. feel like you're just in a hamster wheel um, or, or have you managed it to a point now where you're… Yeah, I've managed to a point now I feel really… Like in the first five, six years of the company, it was just amazing like mm. just because every day is growing. Yeah. 100 you know 200 percent because you're going from a dollar to two dollars yeah. right oh my yeah. god this is amazing 100 percent growth um and then so it was really fun in the beginning and then by years six seven eight yeah oh man it was a grind yeah. I, I literally just was wanting to give up yeah because you were at a point at not really you're questioning whether where you're going to be at one point yeah and i'm like this this sucks like what i want to do what i want to get out of life like i can retire if i sell it yeah um and I think just spending time away from the business, thinking about like what I want to do, and I realized, oh, actually, this, these are the parts I want to do. These are the parts I don't want to do. Yeah, okay. Um, so really defining your role. Defining my role, and I, but I still didn't understand it until we got EOS in place. So EOS gave me the the framework to go, hey guys, <laughs> this is what I want. We need to do because yeah, wow. I hate my job. What EOS? Like, oh, this is. I'm, I'm so glad this got brought up into this conversation because we're going through this exact scenario as I mentioned. Um, is it? There, is there a size of company? Is it? Is it sort of situated towards the smaller end of Rough, town? Or? Uh, roughly about, call it about thirty people in yeah. the organization. It starts to get really useful. Yeah. Um, and then maybe around five hundred people it starts to tap out. That, okay. That's what I've heard. You've heard. Um, okay. Yeah. Some people continue growing. Some people start early. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. It's not based on business model. No, it has it's more like the um, Vern Harnish track. Uh, what's what's his uh, Gazelles? Yeah, one, yeah, you know, okay. something along those lines. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. If you are giving advice yeah. to those who are looking to start in the entrepreneur world, what would that advice look like? Yeah. So I don't give advice; I give opinions. Yeah, because uh, advice sounds like I know more than yeah. I should. Um, <laughs> Opinion is just like like do it like what don't waste time. Is it is is the idea worth more than the behavior that you bring to the to the show? Oh, um, so I, I have a I have a good quote that yeah. um, Philip Mays from Mighty Kingdom we used to say a lot. Ideas are like assholes. Everyone has one, yeah. and they usually stink. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I think it's a lot of it's in the execution. Absolutely, right? like, uh, the, the idea is great. Like conceptually, there's an idea, but then. When you start executing on it, that's where you realize, oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's not right. Oh, and and how easy is it? And how many times do you hear, oh, I had that idea three no, no, years ago? Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, well, 
you know, yeah. that person did something about it. Yeah. Oh, I, I had an idea to like sleep in people's houses. <laughs> Airbnb. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Uber. Like yeah. in a taxi. Yeah. yeah. Makes so, sense. Yeah. I, I think the execution is a big chunk of it. Um, yeah. I mean, ideas are important, but like then how do you take the idea and go do something? I think idea is great. Then you need to start doing something. And then the moment, like for yeah. a new entrepreneur, it's about the momentum. Momentum. And yeah. being able to iterate those ideas yeah, as Change opposed it. to this is my only idea and I'm not going to yeah. move or budge. I, I think for new entrepreneurs, um, a lot of early like CEOs or people that fund, found their companies, I think it's important for them to work on themselves, yes. like their own mental health. State. I agree. Right, and, or yeah, mental health but also their capacity to learn how to become a better leader how to become a better like i don't know how to learn bookkeeping how to do like there's just this non-ending quest of like learning stuff yeah. um but i don't know i feel i see some of them that just don't want to learn like, yeah i know better speaking of computer games yeah uh-oh. no because it's funny you say that i you would have played fifa obviously yeah. right yeah absolutely and you yeah. create your own avatar yeah yeah right yeah and you have all the different attributes, attributes. you've got speed strength power whatever it is yeah I literally look at my life like that avatar. You know, yeah. I'm floating and doing my, doing the turn on the on the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, I look better in the game than what I do in real life. <laughs> but the um, I, I I do, and I I have a library of books. I'm a big reader. I'm a big learner. Yeah. Uh, podcasts, audio books, books, you name it. I'm always yeah. trying to learn something because I do look at my life like the avatar. Yeah, I. Think, well, hang on, my listening skills are not so great. Mm-hmm. How do I work on my listening skills? Is there a book? Is there someone I can speak to? Is that, do you know what I mean? Or yeah. do I just force myself to listen? How do I pick myself in the moment? Is there an area where I can work on? And I, and I try to That's really good, raise yeah. those profiles or whatever they're yeah, called, yeah, yeah. Um, attributes, attributes. Every, every single day based on, you know, 1% yeah. better than I was yesterday. Yeah. That's basically no, I, I think that's a that's a great way to like look at yourself and and it's hard work learning. though because you it's quite negative sometimes because you do <laughs> you you're looking at shit I need to work on. Yeah. But it, from a self-awareness perspective, I think it helps a lot. It, it, yeah. And yeah, I think people I don't know why people stop trying to learn, but anyway, for me it's all about just growing mm. learning cuz the day which um I always say the day in which the people that report into me think they're better than me is the day I probably lose their the, you know the, their vote of confidence. Yeah. So I always try to try to just get a little bit better. Don't be that much better. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit better. Stay, <laughs> just know, just stay relevant. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, like now I can't even do any design. I, I go to my designers and I'm going, what are you using? Miro. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? Yeah. You, that? you mean from a leadership point of view Le- and leadership. business growth, because you're hiring people who are better than That's you. Skilled, right? Yeah. 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 Well, it, it, more, more just like, um, just staying ahead of as much as anything I can. Yeah. It doesn't have to be leadership, anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I want eventually everyone to become like leaders and, you know, hopefully one day they can either be leaders in the company or go start their own business. Mm-hmm. Right. I like have the confidence to go, Hey, I'm going to start my own X. I'm like, great. I'll support you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I absolutely follow you that. What, what is the, what does the future look like? We're going to round up soon and yeah. we're going to head into some the quick fire questions. But what, what does the future look for you like for you and, and Happy Co? And um, are you looking to 
obviously you said acquisitions and, and grow is yeah. happy co where you want to be is there does the future future look like more startups like what, yeah you know, so I, i'm not I trying don't, to yeah i don't, not, I don't any, want your resignation letter but i, I, I yeah what, did what, you read my <laughs> um, uh, so i think we um so for me i as part of raising this round so before i raised it i had this new boost of energy i wanted to oh i know what i'm going to achieve mm-hmm. so as part of raising this round i said to the investor i need 10 more years I'm going to run this for another 10 years. And after that, I'm going to be too old. I probably shouldn't be. I, I can be chairman or something. But yeah. um, So I've given myself another 10 years, um, nine years now, um, to just keep running hard at it. Uh, I don't have any better ideas than real. I, I love real estate. And there's just so many problems that I can see um, in, in this in this market. And I don't have any better ideas. Like I don't really want to build a game. I Yeah, I, I love investing in real estate, so I'm starting to get to invest more in real estate yeah, now. Great. So, yeah. yeah. Do you um, do you come back to uh, Australia at any point? Uh, you're here now. You're here for yeah, for another couple more months, yeah. and then we go back to. Um, I live in Carlsbad near San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Do you make like? Do you work here for three months of the year as a, as part of a routine, or is it just sort of something no, that you've done this time? Just this time, because we haven't seen like family for a while. And yeah. The Adelaide office is growing. Um, Where are you guys based? Uh, in, in, Adelaide? in Adelaide? Yeah. I know oh, California. In, is it California? I, I live in Carlsbad. Carlsbad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In Adelaide? In Adelaide. No, the office, not your person. No, I don't. So I live yeah. in 21. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. No, uh, no I don't want that. It's uh, the Edmonds building, oh, yeah. Gawler Place. Yeah, nice. um, But we're looking for new office. Oh, so are we. Maybe we can yeah. okay. look together. Get <laughs> <Harsies. laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> pay pay, pay sub, the same Harsies. I'll sub lease. I'm happy. You can, you can take the brunt. <laughs> yeah, so I'll probably be back like every year, probably a couple of weeks. Um, but this time around, I've been back for three Um, I'll be back for about three or four months. Yeah. So I'm going to stay till the fringe ends and oh, yeah. and, then, nice. yeah, and head back. When daylight savings takes over, I'm going to head back. Yeah. <laughs> the, the meetings are brutal. When it, well, when it gets colder, you yeah. get back yeah. to the – yeah, brilliant. Um, rightio, we've, uh, I reckon we'll start these quick fire okay. questions and then okay. we'll round off the podcast. All right. You are obviously a big reader. We're all big readers. What are you reading right now? Um, Right now, I'm reading the. Um, oh man, I'm reading so. I, I read multiple books yeah, at I'm, a time. I, just, I think we talked about this. I'm exactly the same. I read more than one book at a time. Yeah. Just whatever couple then. Um, oh, uh, one that I really like uh, that I'm re- just finished reading is the, the Richest Man in Babylon. Yes. Um, so I reread it. Yeah. Um, because it just has really simple mm. lessons. That was one of the first my original really first books that I. Because yeah, when I was after Rich Dad Poor Dad, yeah, I yeah. was really interested in how to make money work and how to manage it. And yeah, all the above. So. It's a hard read, but I, I do audiobooks. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. even then, I'm like, oh my lord, this is like re- reading the King James Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but someone in a monitor. But it's quite voice. nice though. It's a it's a nice story. Um, yeah, a, a nice fable. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. scrolls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And, and and yeah, anything. What actually? All right, next question. Yeah. What is one book that you would have recommended more so than others? Um, one book that I would have recommended more so than others. I, I really like the the hard thing about hard things. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good book. Um, it, it just makes you go, hey, you're not alone in this journey. Mm. Everyone goes through it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a really good that's book cool. for founders. Do you listen to any other podcasts? I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorites? 
So uh, How I Built This by Guy Raz is like oh, yeah. one of my favorites. He's I just like a really good interview style. Like, yeah. I, I, and he gets really good people at the end of their journey to speak. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Mm. Um, Grey Matter is one of them. Um, Open the Pod Bay Doors, Australian one. But the one I really liked, I don't know many people listen to. Creating Synergy podcast. That that, oh, that is top top Absolutely. 25 yeah. top one well, top, yeah, top 25 <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, so the, the uh besides your podcast the uh, the one that i really like is um dad i have a question oh wow it's it's a um spencer rascott so he's okay. the founder i think zillow trulia his son who was who when they started he was like five yeah he asks dad i have a question and he asks like Things like, how, how does inflation work? And then yeah, wow. that explains it in very simple terms. Yeah, and that's great. I have no idea. Like, I didn't. I don't know half of these things how things work. And yeah, I'm like, oh, this is so good. that's so good. It's really you good. actually. I think you've posted or you've mentioned Ray Dalio's Ray Dalio yeah. principles. Principles, no, but you said there was a video YouTube clip, like the thirty-minute clip on how everything works, the economic theory. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. That that that's really fascinating. It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, for some reason I skipped a lot of these basic concepts growing yeah. up. Because <laughs> well, we didn't get taught them at school. We didn't? Like, no, okay, I don't good. believe we did. Thank God, I thought it was just me. No, I'm okay. quite certain I didn't learn this stuff and okay. I had to go and seek it myself. Okay, good. Or, or we, we yeah. <laughs> Which school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we just come to the realisation maybe it was yeah, Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, that's very funny. What's one lesson that has taken you the longest to learn? Um, so probably that concept around the energy, like time allocation mm. energy. So there's yeah. people that are things that I'm really that I really love doing. Some people hate it, mm. and the things I hate doing, someone else really loves it. Correct. And um, like appointing our COO, she was she was in marketing. She she loves all the things I hate, and I'm mm. really bad at. And as soon as that happened, I just felt like, oh my goodness, this is a fun journey again. Yeah. yeah. So that was just do things you really love and and focus on your strengths. Yeah. And and create systems that can allow you to do. That or fi- well. find the find the people that, that love they, doing things yeah. that you hate doing. Yeah. And that they love doing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If you could have dinner, three people for dinner. And I'm going to assume your wife's already there. So three, three people over for dinner. Who would they be? You know, like this was a tough question. I couldn't think of anyone. Mm. Like I, I, I'm because just, you mentioned earlier, you don't yeah. really have too many mentors. Or yeah, I don't have like a. Oh, I want to listen to this guy. I'm like, I want to go to bed. Yeah, like, I'm too old. <laughs> um, I mean, Ray Dalio. Would be, Ray, no, then he'll just talk about all the things I yeah. can get off. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think. Um, yeah, I don't really have anyone that I would like to invite to dinner. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like such a bad person. I don't, no. Yeah, I'm good. Well, like, I would have accepted an invite, but no, anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. Um, all right, we'll skip that one then. What is some of the best advice you've ever received? Um, yeah, this one's a good one. So I, I was trying to think of what is what, what, what I like and the one of the best advice is from my wife right. who doesn't, she gives me a lot of advice, yeah. maybe, maybe instructions, yeah. direction. <laughs> yeah. um, but the one thing that she said to me once um, was that, you know, you, you always have a choice. Mm. And I think we we're having an argument. That's probably where it came yeah. from. And, you know, oh, I'm too busy to, you know, do this and I'm too busy to do blah, blah, blah. And she's like, 
you always have a choice. Because I, I was trying to make it out like I don't have a choice. Work is pushing, you know, pressuring me. And she's like, you actually have a choice. You just chose to do work over whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really profound. Wow, wise lady. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was a really good good lesson. Absolutely. We always have a choice, even though you feel like I'm trapped or whatever. Like the choice you made was to stay trapped. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I, so. uh, have you read Viktor Frankl's no. Man's Search for Meaning? No. Oh, is it good? You, yeah, you love that. So it's he's a psychotherapist that was survived the Holocaust, and he wrote yeah. about his the way he thought within yeah. while he was in the concentration camps. Yeah, it's an amazing story. Wow. Um, okay. And but it was all based on thinking behaviors as opposed to what actually happened. And he talks about what happened, but it was the way he yeah, was, was analyzing and, people's yeah, yeah. thoughts and what they were doing and yeah. how they were acting and where it came from. So it's, it's really interesting. But he says this famous quote, which is um, between stimulus and response, there's a gap and in that gap is choice. Yeah. Right. And oh, so that like interesting. that is yeah, yeah. for me is always something that I always refer to as like, what is it? You know, your yeah. dad, my dad used to always say, just think before you speak. Right. And yeah. That is exactly what that is referring to. Okay. Uh, if you have access to a time machine, where yeah. would you go? Um, so the the period of my life which I loved the most was when I was sort of ten to the twelve, thirteen, ten to twelve, thirteen. Yeah, and I was in Singapore, and I had this really great group of friends. We used to play soccer five six hours a day like yeah, literally wow. five to six hours a day it was like no stress you just you know after school go play soccer um you eat dinner with them then you go play more soccer like that was like like a three or four five year period of my life and i'm still friends with the these guys and we 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 you know, when i catch up with them very rarely but when still i catch up we still, soccer for five well, hours or not? <laughs> we, we still uh well they, everyone brings their own soccer ball yeah. in their tummy <laughs> 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 so yeah. I mean we're all like yeah, yeah, so, but, yeah, um, yeah. but that was a period of, of my life where it really helped me to I don't know I just I just had no care in the world fun. And just fun and and people yeah no one judged you mm. like, they judged me a lot but yeah. you know but, but you know I mean like it was just a great time and yeah I would go back there in Singapore and play and then can you not recreate that fun for yourself yeah uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to yeah with um but it's really hard to get to build relationships, you know, like when you get older, then everyone doesn't have time. And they got their own thing, their family. Yeah, everyone's there. got their own yeah. thing. Yeah. But that that stage was just friends with the the core thing in yeah. your life, right? And so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to create that with um, some like people at YPO. We, yeah. You know, we have a very strong group at YPO. And yeah, I, and I, my forum buddies are good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really good. If you had one superhero power, or could choose one superhero power, what what would it be? Um, is it rogue that basically she can steal everyone's powers oh, yeah. yeah i would like to steal everyone's powers <laughs> yeah so have everyone's be powers thief. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, i just i think it'd be cool to so other people have powers mm. like you're you're assuming that there are other superheroes running around are they not I thought <laughs> but yeah. i mean even, even if it was just like but everyone has their own, maybe not as pronounced as like the Marvel, but yeah. everyone has their own strengths, oh, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I would love to, to I don't know, 
learn how to be better at accounting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. Well, you talk about your COO, for example. Yeah. I, right now, I need that person's. Yeah. I, I, want, I wouldn't steal her powers. No, no. I'm like, oh, I don't want to no. don't enjoy that. But, but it, there is a time, like, even if it's running your own personal finances, like, you know what? Actually, I wouldn't mind that person's superpowers right now to yeah. deal with this. Or, or, or just like being able to, like, you know, see their experiences and, like, yeah. how, you know, like the Holocaust survivor. Imagine, yeah. like, being able to yeah. see, like, it would just be profound. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think stealing stealing people's like powers and and, and dreams and using yeah, okay it's feed feed on their dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freddy Krueger now. Yeah, that sounds really bad. This is, <laughs> this is a good nowhere. Ending. Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm hearing it. <laughs> Very good. And now you built this last question up because I said, make sure, did you come with a dad joke? And you said not just one. I got a few. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, that's your best dad joke. Will you call them just jokes? Uh, yeah, we we'll hear my jokes. <laughs> um, well, okay, I'll give you one. Um, what do you call a pig with three eyes? <laughs> what do you call a pig with three eyes? Pig. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, triple eye. I yeah, love it. There you go. Well done. We'll leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time uh, today. It, it's been an amazing chat. I'm, I've learned a lot. I think there's, a, there's some stuff that we're going to take away. Um, and congratulations to everything that you've done in your career. And I know it's still a long way to go, but yeah. you're obviously on the right track and doing some wonderful things and, and building a what sounds like a wonderful business to work for. So congrats yeah. and kudos on that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I really enjoyed the, the, the conversation. Where can we find you? Um, do you want to be found actually? Do you want to? Your home address? Well, no. yeah. uh, <laughs> LinkedIn. No. Yeah, you find, find a LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's J-I-N-D-O-U. Yep, L-E-E. L-E-E. So Jindo Lee. Um, Jindo Lee. I'm the, the one o- of the very, f- I think I'm the only one in the world. So yeah, well, I can't commit unique name crimes or <laughs> do anything bad. Yeah. Thanks again. Connect with him on LinkedIn and yeah, really appreciate your time today. Cool. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast all. You can check out the show notes if there was anything of interest to you and find out more about us at synergyiq.com.au. I am going to ask though, if you did like the podcast, it would absolutely mean the world to me if you could subscribe, rate and review. And if you didn't like it, that's all right too. There's no need to do anything. Take care guys, all the best. Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump on to the Synergy IQ Facebook and LinkedIn page where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.